Hey, SCF Student Ministries, Devin here, bringing you our third week of our Lost and Found series. Uh, excited to be on this journey with you guys, uh, so welcome back. Uh, we're talking about things that get lost and found again, um, and uh, for these last couple of weeks, we've been talking about losing things like stuffed animals, maybe getting ourselves lost. Uh, we talked a little bit about finding like weird things in the lost and found um, but have you ever thrown something away that you later regretted uh, that you that you got rid of it sometimes we throw something away because we'll think we'll never need it again uh, sometimes we maybe throw it away by accident and gets lost uh, I always think of uh, one of my favorite movies is Toy Story but uh, Toy Story 2 when they accidentally uh, put what Woody gets put in the the uh, yard yard sale and they accidentally get rid of him uh that's kind of what i thought of when i was seeing this topic um but i think i can think of times when we've uh when i've seen people like lose hats on like roller coasters and trying to get something back um i was with uh my cousin one time when she lost her she accidentally threw her retainer away into the trash and we had to go dig around in the restaurant's trash to go find it um Stuff like that, like things that we lose, right? Um, and and these are funny stories, right? When we lose something, it's kind of funny because we ended up finding it and it was something maybe that was replaceable, right? Um, but losing things isn't always funny. We Sometimes we lose things that actually do have a lot of value. Um, so like maybe you lose something that was really sentimental. Uh, maybe you broke something that didn't belong to you and now you're trying to replace it. Uh, maybe you misplaced something and knew it was going to get you into trouble. Uh, it's difficult to lose something that really matters to you. But it's even worse when you know it's your fault it's gone, right? Uh, you might feel sadness or guilt or embarrassment, maybe anger or shame. You might try to keep it a secret because you're afraid of what others will say. Or uh, maybe you just try to move on because remembering what you lost or what got broken or whatever, it's it's too upsetting for, for you. Um over the last couple of weeks, we've been talking about things that are lost and how they get found again. Uh, specifically, we've been talking about what we do when we feel a little lost. Sometimes we feel lost because we don't feel noticed or seen. We don't feel valuable or we know we've messed up and aren't sure how to fix it. Today, we're going to hear the story of a young man who lost everything because of his mistakes and how we're sometimes a lot like him. Um, I want to say first off, though, I think... Um, us as leaders in the youth group, uh, myself, uh, you guys listening at home, I think we can all think of times that maybe we made a specific choice uh, that we that we do regret or, or decision, whatever it might be, something that made us, you know, maybe it was a series of choices or mistakes that made you feel distant from God. Um, I can remember a time in high school when it was like, it was a series of choices that basically for me, uh, sometimes made it feel like I was too cool for like church stuff right and I think there was like a serious period of my time of my time in high school just a short uh I think over a few months or something something small but feeling too cool for for church and uh, I think that really did eventually just kind of make me feel like I was separated from God a little bit so I don't know if you have a story that's exactly like mine but I'm guessing you that you can relate right Maybe you did something to create distance between you and someone that you love. Uh, maybe you feel distant from God, either because of your choices or because you've never really been close to God before. Uh, or maybe you made a mistake that 
ruined everything and you wish things would go back to how they used to be, right? Uh, throughout this series, we're looking at one chapter of the Bible, uh, the one in particular, Luke chapter 15. This chapter recounts a series of stories that Jesus once told about things that were lost and then found, and uh, each story communicates a different and important truth. So these stories aren't historical ones, they're called parables. Uh, they're stories that Jesus made up and told in order to teach an important truth. Jesus told these stories specifically to the Pharisees, who were religious leaders of the day who had become arrogant and self-righteous and of people, dismissive of people they believed were sinful. Uh, Jesus told this series of stories to help the Pharisees see how wrong they were about themselves, others, and about God. So f the first story that we heard, Jesus told a story about a lost sheep to show the Pharisees God isn't angry or judgmental when we wander away. Instead, God finds us and carries us lovingly back to safety. Next, Jesus told a story about a woman and her lost coin uh, to show the Pharisees God doesn't give up on us when we wander away. Instead, God values and keeps looking for us. So, let's see what Jesus is trying to communicate with this third story, uh, which is, if you're following along in your Bible, it's Luke chapter 15, and we are in verses 11 through 19 today. So, I'll start. Jesus continued, there was a man who had two sons. The younger one said to his father, Father, give me my share of the estate. So he divided his property between them. Not long after that, the younger son got together all he had, set off for a distant country, and there squandered his wealth in wild living. After he had spent everything, there was a severe famine in that whole country, and he get, began to be in need. So he went and hired himself out to a citizen of that country who sent him to his field to feed pigs. He longed to fill his stomach with the pods that the pigs were eating, but no one gave him anything. When he came to his sentence, senses, he said, How many of my father's hired servants have food to spare, and here I am starving to death. I will set out and go back to my father and say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. So I think we can, even if it's not as drastic, we can all find some things that we have in common with the son. Uh, number one, he was impulsive. He made a big decision, apparently without getting any guidance or wisdom from others. Two, he was hurtful. He may not have meant it in this way, right? But his actions and his words hurt his dad. By asking for his inheritance early, it's like he was saying, Dad, you're worth more to me dead than alive. And so, so give me my money so that we don't have to s depend on you or have a relationship with you anymore. He just wanted, he only saw his, his father as basically his own piggy bank. And so he was only worth anything, anything to him if he was dead or if he gave him the money early. And thirdly, he was selfish by not stopping to reflect on his actions uh, or if his actions might be hurtful to his family. The son was acting selfishly. He cared only about his money and this big adventure he had planned, not the people who loved him. Even though the son had safety, food, and money at home, he was dreaming of going to this distant land where he imagined he could do whatever he wanted to do, he could spend his money and have fun, and he would find everything he thought was he was missing at home. And for a while, the son lived the kind of life that he dreamed about, until he couldn't anymore. There was a famine that came, people were losing jobs, he struggled to find food, he had to work for a pig farmer, and he ate the food that the pigs were eating. 
So now here's what we miss if we don't try to stop and understand the context of the story. So remember before we've, we've mentioned this, Jesus was telling the story specifically to the Pharisees. These religious leaders saw pigs as unclean animals, forbidden by God. So in order to follow and be loved by God, they believed you couldn't eat any pork. And when the son in the story ate with the pigs, the Pharisees would have seen this as a sin against God. So while you might feel compassion for the son in the story, the Pharisees likely would have felt disgust at what he had stooped to. And of course, the son in the story never existed, but if he had, I think we can assume he would have been pretty broken right just mentally spiritually physically broken at this point he had thrown away everything that had been good in his life he lost his family his money his livelihood and maybe his faith because of his own bad decisions he found himself disconnected from others and more importantly from god and he was probably filled with shame for what he had done and fear about what he needed to do next desperate he decided to go home not as a son but hoping to become a servant in his father's house. So we're going to keep reading verses 20 through 24. So he got up and went to his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and was filled with compassion for him. He ran to his son, threw his arms around him, and kissed him. The son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his servants, Quick, bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For the son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. So they began to celebrate. So what a response. I mean, not at all. I'm sure with the son, not all what he was expecting i mean can you imagine being welcomed home like this it was after wasting his father's money disgracing his father and bringing shame on himself and his family his father is still filled with love and compassion for him all this time the father runs to his son to hug and kiss him and a hug isn't the only thing that his father gave him right he also gave him gifts a robe a ring sandals but these weren't just any gifts these gifts signified that the father was accepting his son back into the family the father didn't just allow the son to move back home scold him and move on he forgave him completely he welcomed him back into his home so remember jesus told this story to help us discover something important about who god is and what god is calling us to do Years after Jesus told the story, the Apostle Paul wrote a letter that captures the same idea, right? Um, Jesus was trying to communicate that idea here. He was, uh, we're going to look at really quickly at Romans um, chapter 2 verses 1 through 4. And it says, you therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another you are condemning yourself because you who pass judgment do the same things now we know that god's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth so when you a mere human being pass judgment on them and yet do the same things do you think you will escape god's judgment or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness forbearance and patience not realizing that god's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance I mean, like the Father in Jesus' parable, God is so kind, loving, and patient with us. God isn't an angry old man waiting to throw lightning bolts at us when we mess up and wander away. God is like a loving Father, always waiting to welcome us home. 
and Jesus is God, right? So when you've made decisions or mistakes that have led you far from God, I hope you'll remember what the son in the story discovered about his father. When you feel lost, Jesus welcomes you back. So, I mean, I talked about that story of, of feeling like I, I had made decisions against God, right? Um, eventually, at a, at a youth conference, um, when I'd felt disconnected from God, I felt like I'd made choices of choosing more like worldly things over make, making choices that made me feel cool to in my school as opposed to just not worrying about what other people think, right? Eventually, it just took just a moment of God speaking into my life and it just felt like it finally like I had to ask him like God like I want to reconnect and then it was just like boom like the door opened and and that was it I was just I was reconnected um I learned that God is right there waiting he's just waiting for you to ask right so what about you have you ever felt disconnected from God because of your choices or mistakes do you feel that way right now or maybe you've never felt connected with God in the first place are you not sure how to connect or reconnect with God? Are you not sure God would even want you back or cares that you've been gone? So if you can relate, I hope you remember the story of this son. Just like his loving father, God always welcomes you back home, whether it's for the first time or the hundredth time. I wonder if one of the reasons it's hard for us to believe that Jesus always welcomes us back is because Jesus' followers aren't always very welcoming when someone has made mistakes or wandered from God. So I wonder what makes a place feel welcoming. Think about yourself. What are some words um, that that seem welcome to you? Maybe it's people talking to you, uh, smiles, um, people saying I, I feel included. We have finding things in common, small talk, whatever it might be. These are things that, that feel welcome, right? Um, I mean, it makes me wonder how, how our group, our youth group, are we welcoming, right? Are we welcoming to new people? Um, and, and also always trying to be better. How can we be more welcoming um, as a group? And then on a personal level, how welcoming are you specifically? How I'm, I'm asking myself the same questions. How can I be more welcoming to people? Just like Jesus was angry with the Pharisees for being judgmental toward others, I wonder if there are steps we need to take to make it easier for people to come back to God after they've wandered away. You know how much you need to know that Jesus always welcomes you back. You have the ability to help others know they're welcome too. At the very least, you have the ability to help others not question whether or not God will welcome them back because of the way you treat them. When you find yourself not being welcoming to someone who has wandered from God, I hope you'll remember this truth that Jesus shared with the Pharisees, that people who we fail to welcome are the people uh, that God welcomes with open arms. Just like the son in the story, we've all hurt and wandered far from God, even you, but no matter how far we've wandered, God still welcomes us back. And that's, and that's true for all walks of life, that, that God welcomes back. Jesus welcomes you back. I hope that that is something that you can take with you this week and hold on to, that no matter where you're at, no matter where you end up, Jesus is waiting for you. He's waiting to welcome you back. Um, so I, re- I really hope that's something you guys can pray. I'll be praying for you all um, to, to help, you, help you understand this truth. Um, I hope it's something that sticks in your brain. Uh, remember that next week is spring break. We won't be meeting. Uh, I'll, uh, I won't have a podcast either, and we'll be back the following week. See you then.